Welcome to LLP, the Lawyer Life podcast, where the personal, professional, and political intersect. Each week, we cover a topic to help ourselves and other lawyers navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. On today's episode, we're talking habits. We're asking ourselves, what small things can we do each day to improve? I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Bonjour, Darlene. Bonjour. We're moving into other languages. Uh, I'm very excited today. I was surprised when you uh, decided that, well, you know, suggested that we talk about habits um, because I actually don't know all that much about nuns. Right. <laughs> Double entendre. Actually, I was thinking about that today, even with the uh, the two words for habits and thinking, I wonder if that's, you know, they have some pretty solid day-to-day habits. I they wonder which, which word came first. I, I don't know uh, the the origins of that word, but weird that we both had that thought because that is not a normal thought for this podcast. Well, you got to bring the pun. It's pun life. You know, you got to bring the puns to the, to the, the pun cast. The pun cast. So. Yes. You're much more well suited to the puns. I've made that one that I continue to get mileage out of, but beyond that. It was really good. Yeah, you know. What was it? Raise the bar or something? I mean, uh, yeah. It was okay. Pretty good. It was good. (laughs) It was all right. It was probably not worth the the, uh, PR that we've given it. But anyway, um, yeah, let's talk habits. Okay. We're trying to, um, you know, improve ourselves every day. And a great way to do that is by deciding uh, consciously about the, the habits we practice each day. I know, I know there was a few episodes ago, you brought up a quote, which I... Uh, have thought about a lot since then, uh, which is the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Mm-hmm. And I am really, I think that might be my new mantra. I think it might be the thing I think about the most now. And it um, really works well with today's topic because if if mental rigor is something that you practice often as a habit, that means that you'll do better developing other good habits, I would say. Well, and you know what's so great about that quote that I have thought about actually since raising it is that it's the way you do things, right? So it doesn't actually capture the stuff you choose not to do, right? So there, Mm -hmm. you know, if you, as we've discussed in the podcast, if you make good choices about what you want to do well or what you want to focus your energy on, then it's about that. So it's like if you choose five things that you want to be really great at in your life, that's, I think, what it applies to. To me, it's like, I guess it could also talk about, you know, falling down in the job generally, but I think it's more about the things that you make a really active choice about to focus on. Yeah, agreed. So for example, last night I got home from hockey at like 1am because our game was super oh late. Oh my God. thought, I'm just going to leave my hockey bag in the car. I'm just going to forget it. I'll deal with it in the morning. And then I thought, no, the way I do anything is the way I do everything. I got to, <laughs> I got to finish the job. So I did it. <laughs> Good. And that goes to my Add first it. favorite habit. I wrote down some favorite habits. Okay. That, what are they? So I uh, referenced a couple different helpful lists and, um, you know, we'll post um, these articles in the show notes, but there's a great uh, entrepreneur.com article called 101 Good Habits of Productive, Prosperous and Happy Life, which is like, I think, right in line with what we're trying to do. So here is my first favorite habit. Drum roll. Give everything a home. What do you think about that? It makes it easier to to clean up and live in a sort of more peaceful environment. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I think it reduces stuff? chaos in your life. If you know where stuff is, 
<laughs> and you can rely on the stuff being there and you're used to it being there. And then, um, you know, that's everything from the way you set up your office to where you put your car keys when you get home to all these other things. If you know where the thing is that when you need it, that means that in a time uh, time crunch, a time of crisis, whatever, you aren't dealing with like secondary um, chaos. You're, you can deal with the thing that's in front of you um, with kind of a, a system that is built around you. I'm hearing my husband's voice saying systems. Yeah. Systems is on my list too. <laughs> systems. We need to be system systematic is another one of mine. In fairness, it does really reduce chaos. Systems are very good for chaos reduction. And uh, if in our house, there are a number of systems that need to happen just to like get a kid to swimming with all their stuff, right? Like that can be a very chaos inducing, terrible experience uh, without systems. So we have a lot of systems going on here. Yeah. Um, yeah, good system. Sorry to preempt. Systems are really important. And we can, we can talk about that. I, and I took this lesson when I um, was articling and I'm sure many people have gone through this when you're working on, uh, you know, a big closing and you're the, maybe it's different now actually. And, and maybe more of it is digital. Um, but I was the one with the, you know, huge accordion folders uh, in my office um, that spanned kind of the front to back of my office, hundreds and hundreds of documents. And I remember, um, uh, the lawyer uh, on the closing I was working with just telling me that he was like, this is going to be a lot, but create a system that you're confident in and do not change from that system. So that when we need updates on, you know, do we have X document, you'll know that, you know, you're looking this folder, it'll be tabbed as such, it'll be facing this direction because it's missing a signature, whatever. And if you stick to that, then it will be easy. If you don't stick to it, it will be one of the most frustrating and challenging things you're going to do here because, because mm-hmm. in the end, it's an easy task, but it's a large task. And I've applied, tried to apply that same rigor and method to, um, and, and successfully sometimes, unsuc- you know, success, unsuccessfully in others, but try to apply that rigor um, in, in what I do on a daily basis, because I think the same theory applies, which is, you know, uh, from a task to task basis the work isn't impossible, but it's easy to get lost in if you don't properly um, follow a system. Okay, good one. No comments on that? Well, only because you, 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 don't, you don't like systems. I'm sensing that you're an, you're an anti-system person. <laughs> um, I definitely think between, uh, in our household, there are two of us that are more chaotic and two that are more systematic and routine prone. Um, I am fine with a high degree of chaos. I'm not sure why. I don't know why, um, what that is about, but I just, I'm not that, uh, I don't get flustered by chaos. Um, it's served me well in the entertainment industry because sometimes that's just the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do, I find that systems are important and I'm aware that they're, you know, when I use them, they are the way to go. And I certainly use them in my practice a lot. Um, but in our household, I think that uh, we've talked before about, you know, particular people's uh, things that make them crazy and chaos doesn't really make me crazy. I don't love it. It can be better, but I can, I can roll with it. That said, I aspire to, uh, to have a system for every single thing <laughs> that causes unnecessary chaos. I think for me, when I make a system, it's usually to save time or, uh, you, you've heard me talk a lot about once I've done something once, 
I don't want to invest mental effort into thinking about how to do it again. Really? Yeah. You know, that's a great habit. a couple of times, but you know, I think, okay, I know that when I go to swimming, I need the goggles. I need a towel. I need this. I need that. It's got to be in the bag. <laughs> it really the seems top. like swimming is on your mind. <laughs> swimming is on my mind because we went last night and uh, the system did work and we did, we were early and it was all, you know, fine. And then I, I feel like my system has, has functioned, but it's a good, uh, useful one just to say the idea is to reduce the mental load of these repetitive, boring, um, you know, non-consequential. Mm-hmm tasks, right? And then you've got more time so that if real chaos happens, like the one with my son on his fall this morning, you deal with it. You've got the mental bandwidth. You're not harried because you have this other thing that's taking up all your mental energy. So for me, there's a point to systems. I don't, I don't just, it's not just about rigidity, which I've, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I try to get away from. Okay. That's good. So we've talked about and, and so we talked about basically the same thing. So everything has a home slash we make systems. How, great, whatever. Um, the next thing is that, that I like is uh, these, these two things. Be decisive and do the hard thing. So oh, that's such a good one. Do the hard thing and be decisive. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Let's put that in our, let's tweet about that or something. Cause that, that's yeah. really, really key. I think I talked about that on the last one of my to-do list, but it's, it's a better way of saying it. There's, and I've read a few interesting, you know, people, productivity, people that are studying productivity are looking at the phenomenon or the, the normal habit that a lot of us have of reading an email and then not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the actual how, how that reduces your productivity significantly because, well, for two main reasons from, as I understand it, and they're intuitive, I think. Number one is uh, you're far more likely to forget to do the thing. And number two is when you return to that email, you have to reprocess um, the matter and get your head around it again. And so if you read it on a Monday and on the Friday you're revisiting the email, uh, you're, you're spending the same amount of time getting yourself you know, back into it, which is a waste of time because you did it on Monday. And you, and again, it might get lost in your and your email thing. So, so the point of especially um, be decisive, I think, is to the extent that you can give an answer on that first read and and get everything moving, uh, even if it takes that extra little bit of mental energy. That's immensely helpful and a good habit to have for productivity, uh, and also obviously for the folks that you're trying to serve. I'm thinking about it because sometimes. I don't know that I'm, I'm mildly conflicted about that one because it is easier often to respond right away for me. Um, and sometimes giving the space to an email is necessary. Um, definitely the ponder can be helpful. Uh, for me, I just have a deadline on my pondering. So the deadline is if I open it, I leave it in my window as an open email that I haven't responded to. So it's yeah. like at the end of the day, it's almost like a little to-do list. So I, I can go through like seven um, and I, I use the function that it would send the next morning. There's a difference for me between kind of transactional emails and project-based emails. You know, working mm. in an in-house environment, I, I know a lot of people that work in-house can uh, are probably in this position where a lot of you, the, a lot of the email traffic is transactional in that, you know, can you send me this? Can you quickly look at this? Stuff that doesn't necessarily require 
a lot of contemplation, but more action. And that's the stuff that I would recommend being decisive and moving on. Obviously, there's going to be larger questions and more contemplative things. And then you do need a secondary process to be tracking and making sure that you're blocking out time. Uh, So that's another thing I would talk about. talking about it in terms of habits, but you're blocking out time to then attend to the project or the thing you have to contemplate more. Makes sense. Let's move then to, you know, another great note that I've been that folks champion and that I've been trying to practice a lot in the past year or so. Not relying on the to-do list, but relying on your schedule. So that um, when you have a project uh, you then, as I was just mentioning, block out time to work on it in your schedule. And you can just then use your schedule for the day to guide what you're doing. So you don't spend unnecessary time looking at, okay, what is it today? And revisiting and trying to figure out your projects. It's programmed for you. Uh, and then you can make sure that you're um, meeting deadlines because you've built in time, um, you know, basically on intake uh, to make sure that you can uh, perform those tasks. That's a good one. And for me, I've got that on a weekly basis. So because my role um, for Intralia involves a lot of, you know, business development meetings, being out of my office, um, so to speak, I, I definitely have to budget like two days of work a week. Like I have to systematically that I am like just sitting and just doing Fun, you know, physically doing actual, you know, drafting and stuff like that, in addition to just the day to day responding and calls and all that stuff. But actual for lawyers, I find that there's such a difference between the day to day work of a law practice and, you know, the business of, of law mm-hmm. and then the drafting because you need the thinking time. Like it's got to be, it's not easy to just slide in for me anyway. I can't just kind of slide into a difficult um, and complicated issue yeah. between halls, right. right? Sometimes it's just like I need not necessarily. I don't necessarily block two hours in the in the day for it, but I I commit to myself that it's going to be done by whatever time. Yeah, and I that's that's the thing. And then I keep those. I keep large blocks for a type of work as Mm -hmm. opposed to a specific one. And then I try to apply, you know, where my, my best time for the thinking for that project is and match them up. Mm -hmm. So it's not as uh, it's a bit more chaotic than, than the approach of just putting two hours in. But I used to do that when I was in house um, all the time, full time, we had a lot of recurring meetings. So it was, you know, scheduling was definitely a bigger issue then and I used to put like two hours to work on X deal. And I would feel so badly about myself when I would not meet my own, you know, two hours, but it didn't drive me. It wasn't like the type of motivation that made me want to do it. So I had to figure out a different way. So I, I think the the thing about these good productivity habits and stuff is you do have to find what works for you. And I know I'm a broken record on that point, but I sometimes the best you know, you read the book, like getting things done, which is a great book, but there were a number of things in there that did not resonate for me at all. Um, but I've cobbled my habits together from a bunch of different places and they do work for me based on results, right. As opposed to like holding myself to some standard of that. I'm not, I don't meet because it just doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think there's some truth to that. And then there's some, you know, just improve it. (laughs) <laughs> sort of thing like hey if that doesn't work for you you should just get better at it so mm-hmm. i don't know 
Right. So we've talked about being systematic. Systematic. We've talked about being decisive and doing the hard thing. And th- this is a, another one that is super useful. Cut distractions and ignore the unimportant. Good one. Yeah. Really good one. And so yeah. that is, you know, I think you were re- referencing it before, building out that time for you to, you know, block out the exterior world and really be able to dial into the task uh, is important. And I, it, I was going to save this for my good, but I'll talk about it now. Um, been doing some reading about um, flow states. Um, and so these, these, this comes out of a study, um, oddly enough, that's be, that was perf- done in a college about um, whether Tetris can help relieve anxiety. Uh, and I'm getting to a legal point in a second or a you know, point that's relevant to us, I promise. Um, oddly, from what I understand, to get, the, to get college students who subjected themselves to the study or signed up for the study, to get them feeling anxious, they told them that they were going to rate their attractiveness and then they had them wait for the results. And when, you know, they did the control group, the whatever, one part of the group that was waiting for the results and feeling anxious, they gave a game of Tetris to. And the uh, and Tetris is, uh, I, I suppose, well-known as a game uh, that allows you to get into a flow state where your brain focuses solely on that thing uh, and and as a as a uh, result of that, your anxiety levels go down because uh, it's kind of a soothing, you know, you're in the zone, so to speak. Um, and one thing I have found, and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm, I enjoy my profession, is when I allow myself to block out distractions, um, ignore the unimportant, and really just. Uh, get lost in the work, especially drafting, um, that then I wind up in a flow state. And what I really, I really do feel that way, I, I, you know, in the zone, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And that is something that is proven like people that get into flow states, you know, often in their day, especially if it's part of their work, because obviously that's more likely to happen. Um, they're happier people and they're less anxious people. Because the brain uh, is so satisfied and kind of smooth in that setting. So this isn't only like a productivity tip, uh, cutting distractions, ignoring the unimportant, but it also helps you to be a happier and more satisfied person, it seems. That makes sense to me. Do you you feel like you, does anything flow state you? Yes, I, I think accomplishing things makes me, well, first of all, there are a couple areas. I am in a flow state when dealing with other people. So if I'm Uh, at an event or networking or, um, you know, one of the things that I do as a, as a habit, a long standing habit is I meet with people that I think are doing great things and it's just a habit and I do it every week and it isn't, um, necessarily, uh, I'm not saying, oh, I need to go and meet with so-and-so because there's an immediate business objective for doing so or for the sake of networking. It's because I genuinely believe in, you know, the value of those interactions as a standalone, you know, they're, they're valuable in themselves. I feel a flow state there. Um, and I feel a flow state for sure when, um, you know, things are, you know, you have those weeks, right, where you just nothing kind of gets done as planned, mm-hmm. right? And I think those those happen. 
Um, you know, things come up, issues arise that were unexpected. Two days that you had booked for drafting gets sort of sidelined by a fire drill for a client that is time sensitive. Um, you know, these things happen. Those I do not find flow in. Like I find yeah. that it's sort of cumulative. Yeah. It's like the more I can kind of systematize my day and feel at the end of the day, I've had my balance between all of the, the demands on my time that it's creates a sense of flow for me. Mm-hmm. I like, I'm looking at the, these lists, like these, there's some really good stuff on what here. Else? Don't um, hit me. Well, so many. So this list breaks it out into, and this is what I think is so important. Cause often when you see a productivity list, it's like, you know, everything focused on work. Right. Mm-hmm. And this one is good. It's like, you know, networking habits, best health habits, best spiritual habits, best career habits. Um, one that I really like is always take initiative. If you find an area for improvement, go after it. I love that. Um, I always approach work that way. Mm -hmm. Just thinking, okay, here's my assignment. It could be better. You know, like we could do it this way. And sometimes that, you know, the downside of that is sometimes it makes tasks feel larger than they are, which is the problem with that way of thinking. But I always like when other people are like that too. You know, it just, it, to me, that's the difference. It feels like caring. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I like that. I was meeting Let's with, see. um, with uh, a person who's considering going to law school this week over coffee. And, uh, she asked me some great questions about what skills, uh, do I think are most important to be a successful lawyer. And, and along the note of taking initiative, um, I, I talked to her about, something I try to practice, which is always driving. So certainly flagging issues, fine, but always driving to a simple yes, no, or let's let's chat sort of answer that the client has it before them. And I think the one of the things that we fall into potentially as lawyers is being more flagging issues based and less proactive on solving and, and trying to make things as easy as possible for um for the client and one thing i love i don't know if this is true and actually i'm just thinking i have a friend who worked in obama's white house so i should ask her but um i've read that when you wrote a memo to the president when barack obama was there at the bottom of the memo there was a standard form that said like for him to check off yes no or let's meet and that is i think that getting to something obviously complicated issues being dealt with that's initiative to me of going so far to obviously explain what's going on but then find a solution suggest a solution for the decision maker to have that simple of uh, you know one of those three options um i think is a great habit to drive to that just makes me so nostalgic for the days of (laughs) systematic presidency with uh some work getting done uh, anyway, let's not go there. Um, so I will try to maintain my uh, perspective, which is the next habit. I think um, in this list, get perspective. Think about how far you've come. Imagine the lives of others. Gain perspective so you don't feel frustrated while trying to achieve your goals. I think that's so important. I was just doing it myself, walking home from uh, dropping my kids off this morning. I was thinking, oh, so much to do. There's a lot. You know, we got the podcast today. I've I've got to, you know, update my social media. I have to complete these three matters for a client that are urgent. And, you know, my my mental to-do list was just going crazy. And I just stopped. I stopped walking. And I thought, 
you know, you've been running your own business for almost six years. Here are the things that we're going to focus on thinking about this morning. Here are the achievements to date. Here's what you did. And you've done all this. You'll get all this stuff done. Mm -hmm. And I don't usually do that. That's very unusual, but it is like a form of getting perspective. And I think I'm, I'm trying to get, um, you know, as things kind of pile up, I try to do it in small ways, but I think this positive self-talk is just so important because it's so easy to just, and I, I fall victim to, you know, this is the, the function of learning how to deal with this rather than focusing on the pile of undone things, focus on the trajectory. You know, the trajectory is everything gets done. Yep. That's the trajectory. And, you know, it pops up with more, you know, time sensitivity depending on the day, but it's all going to get done. And it gets done, you know, and to me, that's, I find that calming, you know, like everything is fine, you know, not in a Pollyanna way, but like, it's just fact. I have six years of, and never mind six years, I mean, 20 years of practice, but, um, God, let's never, every time I say something like that, I regret it and I wish you would edit it, but you'll never no. allow me to edit no. these things. But anyway, Mike is a militant non-editor for people who listen to this podcast and wonder you're why. You're the champion. Those, sorry, you're the champion of of. <laughs> we have to acknowledge that that perfection is a uh, whatever an unattainable thing. I know it's so good. See, as I get more comfortable with the uh, just putting stuff out there, I'm I'm getting more perspective. Oh wow! And tying it all in. Okay, we don't have to go through this whole list, but I, I think we should. Uh, we'll tweet this too, and just say this is sort of the bene or the baseline for this episode, yeah. this article, because it's extremely thought provoking. Yeah. So we've talked about building systems. We've talked about doing the hard thing and being decisive. We've talked about cutting distractions, ignoring the unimportant, taking initiative, and having perspective. Goodness gracious, what a what a wonderful lawyer that person would be if they could do all those things. Really, they would be the the ideal, the perfect lawyer, so to speak. Yeah, perfect person, perfect human. Which, as we've discussed, we're not going for perfection, but uh, all of these things, you know, slow and steady, constant, never ending improvement. Right? I I know, I, and I'm just proud of myself for bringing my hockey bag in last night. So <laughs> that's yes, that Small was success things. for me. Yeah. Okay. Um. So why don't we take a break and then come back, um, with our goods and gripes? Okay. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Inter Alia Law, experienced legal counsel when and where you need us. To learn more about Inter Alia, visit the website at spelled I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. Thank you. And we're back to discuss our goods and gripes. Goods are things that we like and want to support. Gripes are things that annoy us. Darlene, <laughs> do you have a good or mm. great? Well, luckily for listeners of this podcast, Riverdale was not on this week, so there shall be no we Riverdale. We should just have a Riverdale after show <laughs> section with you. <laughs> the Lawyer Life podcast does the Riverdale after show. Um, so I have a gripe, and it's somewhat political, but is annoying um, to me. And that is just that when I was a kid, 
And what I'm trying to teach to my own kids is if you win by cheating, it's not really a win. I think what it is is now if you win, the stakes are very, very high. Like winning in our society today is very, you know, you can get billions of dollars. That didn't used to be the case, right? Like in the 50s and 60s, a very, very rich person was a different person. You can also get like a vast majority of political power. And I just think that the behaviors that are leading up to getting to those wins are um, becoming more and more problematic and just kind of like a steady, like sad thing. So that's my gripe. It's somewhat annoying, also big picture, but uh, I'm, I promised you not to descend too far into right. <laughs> medical talk, so I'll cut it there. Okay. How about you? What's your good and gripe? Well, I am, uh, uh, my good, I'll do the content sort of what I'm watching good sort of thing. We just uh, fi- uh, finished The the Bodyguard, the new series on Netflix. The, the It's, I think, a BBC co-production or BBC production itself. Good. Good. Kind of like a psychological thriller, political thing. It was good. Six episodes, seven episodes. So British uh, in that way. Uh, and it, it was, yeah, it was a good little ride. Hour-long episodes, well shot fun well not fun uh uh, suspenseful distraction distracting in a good way yeah they're just like yeah good content and then um my gripe uh you know i know that you like to talk about the worst things in society and the things that make you depressed uh (laughs) i i on the other hand i'm gonna gripe about um the lack of sunlight generally i'm griping about daylight savings slash winter slash just like being dark really early and that bothers me um yes and 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 reorienting a young child to uh the hour uh difference is a gripe worthy endeavor well and it's funny because it's just it's not everybody who does daylight savings time right like i've my sister is in south america right now and we are now on the same time zone because we have daylight savings time and they do not yeah and i i'm just like (sighs) Proximity to the equator, I'm, you know? Yeah, I guess so. I just, it doesn't feel like we still need to do this daylight savings time thing. But anyway. It seems like a lose-lose because uh, if not, then it's going to be super dark all morning and that's not fun to wake up to. So uh, it's just a gripey, <laughs> super gripey. Just gripey. Yep. Um, okay. Right. Well, that's fine. That's there. that's a gripe to be the dark. Uh, excited That's about. my gripe. <laughs> the outdoor dark. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, next week we will talk about something. Uh, we'll be back on our normal schedules post daylight savings time, yeah. and maybe we'll have less scrapes. Maybe less uh, less things of import will be happening in the world. I will have more normal day to day grapes. Okay, I'll look forward to hearing that. Or preferably none at all. If I follow all of these productivity habits on this list, I just won't even have time to think of any gripey things. Yeah, because you're cutting the distraction and focus. ignoring the unimportant. And I think gripe-worthy things are generally unimportant. But generally, except for a darling gripe, which is a next level super gripe. Anyway, okay, thanks. We'll talk next week. Okay, we'll talk soon. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.